0: Christ God, welcome this morning. We look at each day as a gift from God to consider what He has for us. Uh, The temptation of life is to look at each day. We get up in the morning and we think to ourselves, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do today? And God's... uh, Uh, reminds us that really what he wants us to do is to wake up and to consider what is his plans for us today, what is his purpose for us today, what is it that he desires from us today. And where else can we find that treasure but in the word itself? We find it in God's word and we find it a wonderful treasure for us to get up and think to ourselves, you know, life at the end of the day really isn't about me. At the end of the day, it's a real humble lesson in life when we come to this realization as Christians that, that the world doesn't center out around me, that life doesn't center around me. It's not about me, you know, what goes on. At the end of the day, what we seek and pursue is the kingdom of God and His glory. And so, this is a really transformation, this is a real transforming way of living our whole lives. And, 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 and so, many misery and sorrow. People find when they turn somehow this glory of God and back into themselves and they become the center of things. God never intended it like that. Now, God looks at us and says, Wow, it's all about you when he looks at us. He looks at us because he wants the best for us he wants the he wants everything he can do he he geared everything he did so that you you would know him and we know and we say that if you were the only person living on this world he would still have sent jesus to die on the cross so that you could know him and so in the mind of god his passion and his love it's like he thinks of no one else but you it's like when you pray isn't it an amazing thing when you pray and you think to yourself, wow, God is listening to me like as if He's listening to no one else. But, but He is listening to everyone else. But the relationship you have with Him, it's like he's, he's blocked out everyone else. That's how I feel when I pray. It's like He's blocked out everyone else and He's just listening to me. And this is a wonderful gift. But however, when we live life, we live knowing that it doesn't center around me. It lives centered around the things and the glory of God and and I, I, I pray that we all come to this understanding, this realisation that uh, life is about Him. It's about what He's calling us to do and what the things He wants to fulfil in our lives. It's, uh, it's a powerful and uh, um, freeing way to live life uh, when we understand this. Um when we come as a church, when our brothers and I share with you from the Word of God, uh, there, are, there are sometimes some, I would call, some fairly safe assumptions that we make. Uh, we make assumptions that I think are pretty safe for the person who's believed in Jesus, who have committed their lives to Jesus, and many of you in this room have done that. And we make some assumptions, and I would think we're pr- they're pretty safe assumptions. One of those assumptions that we, we make is that you like to pray. Kind of a safe, I think we safely assume that if we were asked any Christian in this room who's committed their life to Jesus, who loves Jesus, we would be, I think, fairly accurate in saying that you love to pray. And so we we get the opportunity to talk about things like prayer. And our brother Harb has been sharing over the last few weeks on the prayer and the Lord's Prayer and what a a rich blessing it has been to listen to uh, the Word of God being preached on the Lord's Prayer and all the things that we as Christians kind of find we're praying about in our lives And the Lord Jesus Christ could sum it up in this thing called the Lord's Prayer and how rich it is for us to have been blessed and to listen to the Word of God and how it speaks into our lives. So we have this assumption that that you like to pray. And if if that's not right, then you you want to correct that because that's your communication with God, isn't it? That's how we communicate with God. Um, We also have an assumption that you love this thing we call the Word of God. You know, we, we have this assumption that, you know what, if you ask the Christian, do you like the Word of God? Do you like the Bible? Do you like what's in the Bible? You know, you, you would, I would assume that most Christians in this room would say, yeah, I love the Word of God. You know, it's, it's awesome. I've never read anything like it before. And, and we read God's Word and we, we, are, we are fed by God's Word. And, and, and these are the things that we, that we assume. And there's so much in God's Word that tells us about God's Word. Like it's so rich. It talks of itself. It tells us how effective and how powerful and how wonderful and glorious God's Word is so that when God says, that he, when God then declares something, we listen carefully because then God's speaking it. So we want to hear the voice of God. We want to hear what God says. We, don't, we haven't got the privilege like of days of old where you might have been an audible voice. You know, I certainly haven't. Many people haven't got this privilege of hearing God's audible voice. But we have the privilege of the Word of God every day being spoken to us. And so when the Bible says, thus says the Lord, this is what we're talking about. Or when we say, oh, the Bible says, or God says, this is what we're talking about, the Word of God. And it speaks to our lives. And so this is rich for us as Christians. And we come on a Sunday morning and we hear God's Word being taught. But I know... Again, I'd be safe to say that I know that many of you don't rely just on the Sunday morning. Many of you go home and continue to read God's Word because it's rich for your soul. It's something that feeds you like a daily bread. It's something that helps you, nourishes and nurtures you. And when you feel dry, the Word of God um, quenches, refreshes the dryness yeah, and when you're thirsty, it quenches the thirst. This is the Word of God. And when you're rejoicing, the Word of God kind of leaps out again to you and all these things that the Word of God does for you because this is the rich, how rich God's Word is. So when you come Sunday morning, you're coming to hear God's Word. But listen, God forbid that we only see Sunday mornings as he, he, listening to God's Word. God forbid that we find it as that's the only reason why we come because it's fellowship together. It's this beautiful concept that God created called fellowship. That we come together as God's people and we, we sharpen one another in the Word of God. Iron sharpening iron in the Word of God. And so the Word of God becomes rich to us, but we also sharpen one another during before and afterwards too. And God forbid that one day we become a church where people get up in the morning and say something like this Oh, the Word is going to be online this week that was preached. Oh, I go doesn't matter how far I don't go because, you know what, it's got, they're going to upload it on Wednesday on the website, you know. God forbid that we become a church that relies on this somehow and is able to skip or miss Sunday mornings as a way of kind of convenience, you know, because oh, I don't really feel like going, oh, but they're going to upload the message, oh, it's all right, I'll go, go back to sleep, you know? God forbid we become a church like that because the Word of God is more than just hearing it now. The Word of God is more than that. It's rich and God is speaking. And then afterwards you can rub shoulders and talk to one another and be ex- experiencing the Word of God beyond the message. You know? We're not, we're not the, the center of the message, those who are delivering God's Word. It's the Spirit of God working in you. And I much prefer when I speak to people, I much prefer I say to people, you know what, you hear what i have had to say, go home and seek God. Because when someone comes back to me and says something like this, oh, Barry, God revealed to me through His Word this thing, and now I then I think, oh, thank you, Lord. Because when someone says that to me, now I know no one, no one is going to rip it from them. Because the Word of God has spoken into their life. The Word of God has spoken. And so be encouraged to come and listen to God's Word, be encouraged to, to sharpen iron with one another so that the Word of God continues to speak into your life. So we assume... We are seeing you come here because you because you live for Jesus and because you love you love um, God's word and you want more and more of God's word uh, in your life. And so we have a responsibility to teach this word faithfully to you, to teach it so that your soul is being nourished and your soul is being refreshed with the word of God. Do you know the Bible says, I just want to read this out to you in Isaiah. Don't turn to it now, but the Bible says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool." Where is the house that you will build for me and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, God says, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Look at that. God says, all these big things, all these big buildings, all these amazing things that you talk about, all these great temples, what are they to me? I don't look at these great things and think, oh, look at your amazing church. Look at your amazing building. You must be so good, you know. Look how big you are as a church. God doesn't get excited about that stuff. What he says, you know, the one he goes, the one I look upon? He goes, the one I look upon is the one who is humble and the one who trembles at my word. What does he mean by "tremble at his word? He doesn't mean that someone turns, opens up the Bible and gets really scared of what they're about to read. He opens up, the one who opens the Bible and says, God, speak. What is it that you want to say because there's nothing else I want to do than to obey the Word of God, who trembles at the Word, who understands that to not live by the Word is bringing upon their own death, is bringing upon their own suffocation, is bringing upon their own misery. And so they come before the Word of God and they realize this is the only thing that is really going to give me life. And so they tremble at the Word of God. And I know, there are people in this room, I know, that if the church began to compromise the Word of God, you wouldn't come back and that's good i'm glad to, i'm glad that's you that if the word of god started to comp- if we started to, i'm sorry you wouldn't not just not come back you'd come and obviously hopefully confront us and tell us you know but oh, at the end of the day then why would you want to come to a church that compromised the word okay. I, I don't understand you're not coming for social reasons why would you come to a fellowship that compromised the word of god And so our responsibility is to teach the Word of God faithfully to you, to make sure that you know the Word. And your responsibility is to go and open up God's Word and tremble before the Word of God so that you are receiving everything that God wants to say, not because we say it, because the Word of God is telling you it. So I reckon this, beloved, I reckon the Word of God today has less value among people than it ever has had. The Word of God today has less value among people than it has ever had. I wonder how many would agree with me. Today, there is less value attached to God's word than ever before. Today, when you say, oh, thus says the Lord, people say, what? Today, when you say, oh, but the Bible teaches, people say, really? Today, if you say, "Oh, yeah, but God says about this matter, and people say, stay away from me, as if like you're using a swear word. Just because you what it's fascinating to watch, beloved. it's fascinating to watch you. You're talking to someone, you're talking to someone, and it's fascinating to, fascinating to watch the spiritual attack, because you're speaking to someone about general things, all of a sudden you start talking about the Word of God, and they start to get droopy, or tired or disinterested. Because all of a sudden the enemy is coming to want to affect this word being preached to them, you know? And so the whole idea that God's word, God's word is alive and it's living and it's powerful is very hard for people to understand because it's they that becomes, life becomes around them. And to be told that God says this is an awkward thing now. It's like a, a, it's it's, um, hard for them to comprehend. So that light now is being exposing their darkness and they don't like this because life is about them. But it's fascinating. I think today, the value, value that God's word is less today than it has ever been. So does God still have a say, beloved? Does God still have a say? I don't know if God still has a say anymore. I don't know. I look around me. I look at TV. I look at the world. I look at where it's going. I look at ads. I look at uh, literature. I look at universities. And I look at everything. Phew, Where is God's say? Does God have a say anymore? And even in the churches, listen to this. If you choose to compromise or doubt the word of God, you also suffocate the very thing God is trying to say. You suffocate it as well. And the one who trembles at the word of God still, who has the courage to say, you know what, above everything else, God's word is the truth. Above everything else, I'm going to believe it. Above every other thing, every other literature, every other thought, every other idea, every other opinion. Because the opinions of man and the literature of man that contradicts the word of God only brings bondage. When the word of God sets free. And so the word of God opens up and and all of a sudden it trembles. We, We tremble before it because we know the power and the significance that it has. So yes, it has less value today. But listen, it only has less value in the hearts that reject it. The hearts that open are receiving God's word fully and completely and are still a testimony of what God is able to do. You stand of the testimony that God's word is still very effective and powerful. When Jesus walked this street, how powerful were the words of Jesus? Yet the Bible says there was one town that he walked through. The Bible says he could hardly do anything. What? What? He could hardly, the word of God could hardly do anything. What are you trying to say to me? The word of God has no impact, no power, no no effectiveness. Yeah, because it says of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief, it had no real power like another town that he walked around and he walked through. So when we struggle with things, listen, when we struggle with things, we we have no right to say something like this, it doesn't work for me. It does work for you. If you open your heart and receive, you will experience the restoring power of the Word of God that we sung about just before. It brings light into darkness, it restores the brokenness. This is the Word of God. When we don't tremble, we treat it lightly, what effect is it going to have? When we sniff at it as if like it kind of smells all right, and we don't eat it, what effect, you're not, you're not going to get full on it when we think to ourselves, yes, I got my word Sunday morning. And then all week we do nothing but live life until next Sunday morning. Oh, I got my word again Sunday morning. That's not life. We don't eat like that. You don't have breakfast Sunday morning and then you wait till next Sunday morning to have breakfast. The word of God is rich. And, and because we don't believe, very simply, we don't believe its power and its effectiveness because so many other things have flooded our minds, so many other good things, so many other ideas, so much other literature, so many other opinions, all the Google searches that we can do, they tell us all the things we need to know, yet it remain, we remain in bondage. It does not set us free. We become more miserable. Until the Word of God, we come before it and we think, Lord, what does your Word have to say on this matter? And all of a sudden we see lives set free. We see brokenness healed. We see marriages restored. We see friendships healed. Because all of a sudden the Word of God becomes the center of all things. The Word of God. I'm not talking about a book, beloved. I'm not talking about pages. What I'm talking about is the Word spoken to you. I'm I'm not talking about a nice little Bible reading every day. I'm talking about allowing the word to speak into your life, so you tremble and receive, and then you experience the healing that God has for you. But it has little value today. You We, we must have the courage to stand up and say, "You know what? The Word of God, I want to have more value than anything else." Listen to Psalm 119, it says, "The law of your mouth to me sorry the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver." do you love that? How many people run life, the race of life, to make more money? How many people think, if I just had more money, I'd be more happy, more satisfied, more content, more settled? Listen to this, more rested. And the Bible tells us, the psalmist says, the psalmist knew how rich the word of God was. It's so beautiful. It says to us, the words of your mouth, the words yeah, of your mouth, are better to me than thousands of gold and silver. i tell you the truth. The Christian who understands this is free. Free from the race of life. Free from the opinions of life. Free from the attitudes of life that says you need all these other things. They come to a place and they realize... um, that contentment with godliness is great gain. They understand that. This is the word of God. And all of a sudden you stop, in your heart, you stop the need to run the race the world is telling you to run. So the words of your mouth, Lord, are better than thousands of coins of gold and silver. It's like someone saying to you, here's this bunch of gold and silver, here's the word of God, pick what you want. And we say, it's not even a choice. Because we understand how rich it is, what it does for us. And beloved, why would I share something with you if I don't think it's medicine for the soul? Why would I share something with you when I haven't tasted the same medicine? How do I know it's, working? How do I know it's effective? How do I know it's going to work for you? Unless I've tasted the medicine, why would I share that with you? I know the Word of God is better than thousands of coins of gold. and silver, So I share that with you as the remedy of your anxious heart. Of your search for wealth, of your search for other things outside the Word of God. I'm telling you, stop and rest in His Word. This is uh, liberty, this is freedom for the believer. Can you imagine if you were, um, um, oh, could you imagine if you were Jesus' mum? How special! I mean I don't, can't imagine as a mum but imagine this is his dad imagine Jesus' mum or dad how special to have seen him run around play growing up imagine, imagine his mum having to be able to nurse him to feed him and, and to offer him to hold him close to her chest as she breastfed him imagine, imagine that imagine the, the, the experience of Mary as she would have fed the son of God on her chest so much so that someone yelled that out they said oh blessed is the woman who nursed you. Because they get it. Another mum gets it. This would have been, what an, you're an amazing man. And the woman who nursed you, wow, well, she is very, very blessed. And Jesus turned around and said more than that. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Who hear, Jesus turned around and said, yeah, she's blessed. But listen, let me tell you, more than her, the one who hears the word of God spoken and keeps it. More blessed than my mum who nursed me. Get that? More blessed. So when you leave this morning, you have a challenge. What am I going to do with the word of God? Am I going to receive it and, and, and do it and hear it and do it? Or am I going to just leave it in the pews? And so the blessings of life will come when you experience God's word out there, doing life, when you get up in the morning, when you confront your next conflict, when you, when you come across the next arrogant, anxious person, all these things. This is where the word of God comes alive in you. When the next temptation says, oh, why haven't I got this? Why haven't I got that? It's the word of God comes alive for us. We want good food. And you need to feed your soul good food. Don't you do that? Does any of you get up in the morning or get, come home for dinner tonight and say, you know what, we're we going to have for dinner. Okay, let's check the fridge. Yeah, maybe you check, do that. Let's check the pantry. Maybe you do that. Maybe Uber Eats. I don't know. What, what are we going to eat tonight? What are we going to eat tonight? Okay. Does anyone do this? Okay, what are we going to eat tonight? And they walk over and they walk over to the, does anyone walk over to the garbage bin and think, oh, look, yesterday's leftovers. And pull them out of the garbage bin or, or two days ago and pull them out and, and put them in the microwave. Beep, and, and, and th- does anyone do that? No. You don't take garbage and give it to people. You take what's good. We don't... The Word of God is good. It, it's delivered good to you. It's delivered well. And so the Word of God is given. So you don't go searching for stuff that's That's garbage. You go back to a place that you know you enjoyed the food. How many of you have voted with your feet? You've gone to a place and you think, oh, disgusting. You've never gone back to that restaurant. Right? How many of you have gone to a place and you think, oh, this is really nice? And you go back again and you go back again because this is what you do. You go back to something that you know is going to feed you and is delicious. The Word of God is like this. It's like this. You go back and you go back and you go back to the Word of God because it's not stuff that you recycle that's garbage. It's stuff that feeds your soul every day and you delight in the Word of God more than thousands of gold, coins of gold and silver. If you don't have that hunger for this, you need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, where is it? Where is it? Where is this hunger for a treasure that feeds my soul more than anything else that feeds my soul to be built and founded on the Word, only the Word of God? See, the Bible says that we are to buy the truth and do not sell it. You know what that means? It means you need to take the responsibility say, God, teach me. I'm going to buy your truth. I'm going to take as much as I can of your truth. I'm going to hold on to your truth. And never in my life am I'm going to sell it. Sell it for nothing. Sell it for no sin, no greed, no lust, no anger, no bitterness. I'm going to sell it for nothing. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to buy this truth and never sell it. This is the Word of God. And so as Christians, as believers, we understand this. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, this is like... I want to, this this is what you should be thinking, I want to taste it. What's this guy talking about? He makes it sound like it's the best thing in the world. You know, it's like, how many many hats can you have at a restaurant? Three maximum? I don't know what it is, but he's like this restaurant, this is like the best food in the world. That's what you should be saying. So God says this, he invites you. If you don't know him, he invites you. He says this, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't God good? is taste and see that the Lord is good. Because when you taste him, his word, you think, what on earth have I been eating? I cannot believe it. This thing I called food all my life, and now this guy has said to me, the word of God is good indeed, that feeds my soul, medicine for my soul that sets me free, and now I've tasted him, and I'm never, ever, ever going to leave this food alone again. You come into a relationship with Jesus and you realize how rich this food is. Make it your practice, beloved, to always treasure, always feed on, always eat, and always obey the word of God because you are more blessed than the one who nursed Jesus on her, on her, on her breast. This is the word of truth that he speaks to us. And this morning, I want to, um, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 4. If we can open up Hebrews chapter 4, please. And I'm just going to read just a few verses and I'll see how much I get through. Probably not going to get through at all. But I want just want to share with you this really beautiful uh, passage that reminds us of how awesome and wonderful God's word is to us and how much we are, we are in, in debt to the love of God and what he's done for us as People. Hebrews chapter 4, there's so much in this passage, but I just want to read in particular, I want to read from verse, um, from verse 12 to the end. The Bible says, For the word of God, that's what we're talking about, yeah, the word of God, not a, not a book, but the word of God. For the word of God is living, or quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. "'Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit "'and of the joints and marrow, "'and as a discerner of the thoughts "'and the intents of the heart. "'And there is no creature hidden from his sights, "'but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him "'to whom we must give account. "'Seeing then that we have a great high priest "'who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, "'let us hold fast our confession.' for we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin so let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need this is one of the most incredible passages in the scriptures that teach us about his word and how effective his word is let me give you a very quick summary before i break it down for you god's saying here that his word is so effective it's, so, it's it's living it's powerful and it's very sharp and then he goes on to say what it does it reveals something and then he concludes by saying it's restoring it's going to restore as well okay it's very, very beautiful those five points i'd love to unpack with you that, he, that it's powerful, sorry, that it's living, that it's powerful, that it's sharp, that it reveals and it restores, okay? Wonderful thing that the Word of God does. This is what we do. That's true, but I think I can do it my way. I, know, I hear what you're saying, but I think I'll continue living life the way I want to live it, okay? Because I think I've got all the answers. Even when the Word of God speaks to us, then I... I um, uh, it, it, it's like, well, let's pick and choose. You know, last night, I was, this thing was doing my head in last night. I was looking at what I thought I found online, perforated Bible. Now, it's got to be a joke. It's got to be... I thought, when I looked at this, and it was designed perfectly like it was the, a real thing. Perforated Bible. And the advertising was, you can tear off whatever you don't like. Yeah, That's what the advertising was. Listen, it gets funnier. and And the, and the, and the comments were... People have, people have said they have enjoyed reading God's Word more now. Like it went on. But I, I, I thought, this can't be true. Please, Lord, this can't be true. So I started searching. I started doing a bit of search, perforated Bible, buy, buy online, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't find it. I thought, oh, thank you, Lord, it's a joke. It's a, oh, I think it is, anyway. It's a joke. Can you imagine that? That's how people live their life, with a perforated Bible. In other words, they say, you know what? This verse, it's convicting. Zip. Out it goes. This word, its oh, this, this is so hard, it's telling me to forgive my wife. Zip, out it goes. Oh, this verse here, it's telling me I can't cheat the tax system. Zip, out it goes. And all of a sudden you're left with a very thin Bible. But Yeah, you read the Bible and you're very comfortable reading. You like your daily devotions now because it's all suited for you. You know what the Bible says, Jeremiah? In Jeremiah it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do you understand that? In other words, you don't trust your heart. You know, people say, you trust your heart. You don't trust your heart. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. What it's saying is this, that by nature, without Christ, by, and even with Christ, the temptation's there, that by nature, you will do things that will suit your own desires. You will consume it upon your own pleasures. Yep. And so by nature, our heart will deceive us to do things and we need something to anchor us. So we don't actually say, oh, but I feel this is what I should be doing. No, go to the Word and be blessed with the treasure of God's Word and let that be the... Ver- yeah, but I, why should I have to go and say sorry? Because they, what does the Word of God say? Go to the Word and be set free. Because your opinions and the ideas and all the books that are suggested for change only are there that are going to bind you more. They will bring you more in bondage and they will create more misery for things to so the point where you, there is no restoration, where well, you feel there's no restoration for you. So it's not about trying to suit and tailor God's Word for you. When you come and hear God's Word on a Sunday morning or when you read it at home or whatever you're doing, you need to come before God's Word as one who trembles at His Word, not one who is zipping out the Word of God. This is a blessing for you. This is food, not recycled, fresh and delicious. You taste, you see the freedom and the liberty that comes from the Word of God. So when you're confronted by the Word of God, say, Look up, look up to the heavens and say, Thank you, Lord. Because God is getting a surgeon's knife, listen, and He's cutting very precisely. I can't cut like that because I don't know you like God knows you. He's getting the word and he's cutting like a surgeon's knife. You don't go to a doctor and say, oh, you're going you're to cut me open today? And he says, yeah, I've got this beautiful, very sharp knife. And you say, oh, can, you use the, can you use the blunt one, please? You don't say that to a doctor. Because he's going to cause more damage. But God gets his surgeon's knife and, and, and his, the word of God and he, with the sharpest of blades starts to cut, not for the purpose of destroying, but for the purpose of restoring So the cat doesn't, not nice to start with, but the restoring is the most blessed thing that you experience. So you can run away, but running away is only going to cause problems. You know, remember Jonah? God said, Jonah, go this way. And Jonah said, oh, no, I'll go that way. And he got himself into a lot of trouble. He ended up in the belly of a great fish. Now, that's probably God's goodness, but boy, how many things can we spare? How many miseries can we spare ourselves in life if we just walk the right direction? Why say, oh, I'll go this way, cop a few slaps and then go back the other way? Why, why would you want to experience that when God doesn't want to do that to you? What he wants to do is for you to experience the blessings of God. If God goes this way, don't say I'm going to go that way because you're going to end up, if God is gracious to you, you're going to end up in the belly of a great fish where it stinks and it's dark. Smellier than the prodigal who fed the, uh, the pigs. Avoid that. And God says go this way, and the voice of God says go this way, go this way. Don't listen to your heart which is deceitful above all things and the Bible says desperately wicked because only that is going to roll itself into trouble for you. So you say, okay, well, I'll, but maybe I can try and do it my way. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm scared for you. And I know some of you may not know me very well, but I care for you, but I'm scared for you when you try and run from the Word of God, it's going to create more problems for yourself. That's what happens to young people when young people get to a certain age and they say, ah, oh, bing, I've been enlightened. I can do life my way now. And they go start moving away from the Word of God as if like they've now become smarter than all the church elders and people of past. And they run, they get themselves into trouble. And they experience lots of pain, and they bring a lot of pain upon people. But only to have realized, if I only stood firm from the start and kept going on in the truth, they would have spared themselves from so much pain, and God they would have known the God of the creator of this universe. And so this is the, the blessedness of knowing God's word and the richness of God's word. The word of God tells us that we're, this is where our hearts are at. So I want to encourage us this morning, beloved, that we are to be more like Samuel in the Old Testament, who said, Lord, speak, because your servant is listening. Remember young Samuel? God says, Samuel, Samuel. He's like a bit frazzled. Who's talking to me? And eventually Eli says to him, go and say this. And he went and he said it. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is the heart that trembles at the word of God. This is the word. This is the word that goes out so you may have life. A dead man doesn't have life, do they? Can a dead man have life? No. Can a dead man have purpose? No. Can a dead man live effectively and powerfully? No. Can a dead man man have an influence on someone else? No. You are dead without him. And the word of God quickens. It brings to life. You know what the word of God does? It's like Jesus speaking into Lazarus. That's how the word of God brings life. You know when someone says, boy, I don't know what happened to me, but you know once I had this addiction and the word of God spoke into my life and it was broken? That's like Lazarus, Jesus calling out with his word, saying, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus comes forth because a dead man is brought to life again by the word of God. And when someone comes up to me and says, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't think we can restore this relationship. And the Word of God speaks into their life. And then you see later on it's restored because the Word of God speaks life into what appears to be a dead situation. This is how powerful God's Word is. The question is this. Do you dare to believe it and put yourself to the side and put Him back at the center or on the throne? This is why we call Him Lord. Lord. So when people say to me, but I can't do this, it's not going to work for me, it's not for me, it's not going to help me, I've tried it, all those things simply tell me that there's still something missing for them to bring God's Word truly at the center. Remember, God says, who do I look upon? Those who have a contrite heart, humble heart, and who tremble at His Word. I tell you the truth, beloved, if you dare to live like this, you will see restoration and healing in every single circumstance in your life. That's a bold statement. It's what the Word of God teaches. That's why Jesus taught that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Peter was pretty smart. When Jesus was teaching about the Word, and all of a sudden it was hard, like it was hard. Some people thought, oh boy, what's this talking about? And they started to walk off. Jesus said to his disciples, are you going to go as well? Because the word is hard sometimes. Yeah, do you experience that? Sometimes the word is hard. It's like, boy, that's like hard, man, what he's asking you to do. And, and then Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus saw maybe he saw in the face of his disciples something like this. I don't know. But he said, are you going to walk off as well? And, and Peter praised the Lord for Peter. Peter turned around and said, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words, again, the words, you have the words of eternal life. Where am I going to go? Wherever I go, I'm to my damnation, to my death. Everywhere I run, every addiction I follow, every lust that I fulfill, every greed that I I want so badly, it's all leading ultimately to my death. Where am I going to go, Lord? You have the words to eternal life. Where I want to be is here, contrite, trembling at your word, which brings me life. This is what I taste. I know it's good, and I'm not going anywhere. Charles Spurgeon, uh, do, you remember, do you know the author of um, Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan? Yeah, John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim, a very, very well-known book, beautiful book explaining the Christian life um, through beautiful pictures and images. And Charles Spurgeon said, why, this man is a living Bible, when he spoke about John Bunyan. He said, this man's a living Bible, prick him anywhere, he said. Prick him anywhere, his blood is Bible-line. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the Word of God. I commend his example to you, beloved. Beautiful, isn't it? Prick him anywhere, and what will seep out is the Word of God. He's full. He's full. Beloved, don't rely on little dribs and drabs, don't rely on little Sunday messages. Don't rely on just little snippets here and there because you don't eat like that. Make it your food. And when your food, when you, when it's, you see it as your nourishment and you're your, your, um, uh, cemented and, and, and f- concreted into this word, we think what we call the word of God, this is the foundation. This is the foundation of the believer because if the foundations are destroyed, what would the righteous do? Do you understand that? The Bible says that. If the foundations get destroyed, what would the righteous do? And Jesus is our cornerstone You know, the the sinner or the compromiser doesn't care. If the Bible said, if the foundations are destroyed, who cares? The sinner would say, yeah, no worries, I'll just do it another way. If the foundations are destroyed, the compromiser would say, yeah, we'll just find a different way of teaching the word of God. But the righteous grieve over this because if the foundations get destroyed, what are we going to do, Lord? So we become, the Bible says, the pillar and the ground of the truth. This is the church. And so we know that we need to believe it, know it, understand it, eat it, be nourished by it and live by it. So people look and think, wow, there is something absolutely different about you and oh, I know what it is. You don't compromise the word of God. You live it as it's said. It's a blessed life. It's a life of freedom. It's a life of restoration. It's a life of healing. It's medicine for the soul. It's everything that you need that you know deep down that you need. It's everything that you need. So the Bible says, I'll just, um, I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up with this one. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick. For the word of God is quick. Hey, look at that. It's quick. The word here, quick, is Alive. Alive. It's living. It's alive. You need to pick up another book from the library and you read it and it's dead and dusty compared to this. The Word of God, the Bible says, is alive. That is why when you pick up God's Word, you realize, you think, whoa, I read this a few years ago and I read it today and just bang, it's hitting me in the face like it's the first time I've ever read it because It's alive. It's not a dead book. It's not something that you read and you think, oh, okay, I've finished it now. Then you love the people who say, oh, I read the Word of God. As if they've kind of accomplished something. As if they've done their good deed for their life. And now they can shelve the Word of God and they can go on to another book. And they see the word of God as something like a text, like a piece of literature. And they don't realize that what they're doing is they're suffocating God's word. And they're just putting it back in the shelf. And they don't realize that they're missing out on the very thing that's alive and able to speak to their life every single day. Because it's living and wants to speak according to where you are today. That's why you come to church and think, whoa, how did he know about my life? Well, we don't because the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to speak the words into your life, the things that you need to hear because this is how God works through His Word because it's alive and it causes other things to come to life. It quickens. Do you understand that? It quickens the soul. And if you're dead this morning because you think, you know what, I've neglected the Word of God and I feel like a dead man. It does nothing for me. It's like it's Something like you throw a ball against a brick wall and just bounces back. there's no penetration whatsoever. It's because you have hardened your heart, and this morning, beloved, I say, will you soften cry out to the Lord, the Lord, soften my heart, that the word of God may speak into my life, words of life that I may come to life again. The word of God quickens. Listen to this psalm, it says beautifully, it says, "I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have quickened me. Get that? I will never forget your precepts because, for by them, you have given me life. That's what it does. Yeah, a bit of an ordinary week because things haven't gone your way, you've been miserable, you've hated the way you've responded to people. It's because the Word of God is not working a quickening work in your life. When the word of God becomes your daily food, your daily bread, you understand it, you let God speak into your life, it becomes part of who you are, becomes part of your memory, becomes part of your soul. How does the Bible say, how does a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to the word of God. So all of a sudden you think, oh, I know what I need to do. I need to come back to God's word. Lord, speaking into my life. He corrects your ways. And all of a sudden you're back on the track you should be and now more empowered and fueled by God's word to do the things that have to be done. Word of God does not expire. It's not like some package you think, oh, yeah, 10th of August, uh, 2001. I better throw it out. The Word of God doesn't have an expiry date, but listen, beloved, it can be suffocated and can be killed by your unbelief and your willingness to compromise it in your own life, not in mine. And so the Word of God is alive. It wants to speak the words of truth into you. It wants you to come before Him, come before it humbly, and allow it to speak a way that's going to transform the way you live. So the Word of God says, this is what you need to do. This is who you need to approach. This is how you need to forgive. This is how you need to humble yourself. This is how you need to stop um, uh, re- reacting and responding to things. This is how you should love. There is no expiry, that, expiry date to that. That method or that principle or that Word that worked thousands of years ago is just as effective and powerful as it was then It will be today because this is the Word of God. So when the little seed comes in your heart and says, Oh, yeah, but I know that's what God's word says. That that seed, you've got to rip it out. When someone comes up to you and says, But what does God's word say? And you think to yourself, Oh, here they go again, that seed you've got to rip it out. You've got to allow the word of God to speak in a way because it's living, it's alive. Don't put a lid on it. Take the lid off and allow it to speak. Come humbly before the word of God. Come trembling before the word of God. Don't don't ignore the Word of God and I guarantee you, beloved, watch the Word of God. Restore, heal, mend, repair. Do the things that it has to do in your life because it is full of great wealth and richness that nothing on this earth could ever provide for you. You can pick up all the other books that you want. You can get all the wisdom that you want from all these other, other... literature. All the wisdom that you want from Google. All the wisdom that you want from every other internet search. But I tell you the truth, it is all dead when you compare it to the Word of God, the Word speaks into your life, and it is alive. And unless you come before it as a humble, contrite person, then I fear your own life is going to go in the same direction of death. This is God's Word that wants to speak into your life. This is God's Word that wants to fill your life with great riches. God willing, I, um, I'd love to. God willing, we'll continue with how it's powerful, uh, how it's sharper. How it reveals, how it restores, because all these things it's so powerful to do. But your ears, as you walk away this morning, your heart should be, Lord, speak in everything your servant's listening. Is this what you're telling me, Lord? Okay, I'll go obey. Is this what you're telling me, Lord? I'll go do it. Is this for for your glory, Lord? I'm going to do it. If this is is what you know is going to heal me, I'm going to do it. And you come humbly before God's word and you find yourself feeling, you find yourself knowing the saving, restoring power of the word of God. That's who the church is. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your living word that comes to us every day. We thank you, Lord God, that it's not something that's old and recycled, but everything that is, comes to us every day is, a, is sharp and powerful and living and able to speak into our lives. Lord, forgive us when we treat your word like something that is second rated or something that is kind of an option for us. And Father, bring us to a place of contriteness and people who tremble at your magnificent word. A people, Lord God, who understand that every day it is food for our soul. People who want you to speak into our lives truth that will sometimes cut but always restore, my Lord. And we thank you for this. Father, we pray for people this morning they may continue to want to taste and see that the Lord is good. They may come with a hunger in their hearts to know more about you, Lord. They may draw closer to you and you promise that you will draw close to them. We thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for the many examples of your word and we thank you for what you do in our lives. And we pray that we may continue as brothers and sisters to sharpen one another in your word and your truth, continuing to be the pillar and the ground of this truth. So, Father, give us a deep hunger always to know you more and more. And when you reveal yourself to us, Father, a commitment to do by this. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people. Continue to work with them, build them and strengthen them, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Amen.